0: Happy Friday, Heather. Whoop, whoop. Friday. Friday. I haven't done the Friday show in a while. (laughs) Welcome to Friday. Welcome to Friday. Yeah. Well, let's just get into it. Let's get down and get started with a little... Housekeeping. Come back later,
2: please. Housekeeping.
0: Heather, you were nice enough on uh, the Wednesday show to say that you've been listening to Not Quite Therapy, and we talked about that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And funny enough, my housekeeping for the Friday show was... To tell everybody to listen to Heather Solves Everything.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're like the presidents of the Mutual
0: Admiration Society. Yes, we are. (laughs) Yes, we are. And that has served us well thus far, hasn't it? (laughs) Uh, Especially our local friends in Tallahassee. Really check out this show. I think that it's a good show. It has been entertaining. It has taught me some interesting things. And I've actually gotten to make a couple of referrals off of your show already. Which nice. has been really neat. You know, Very so nice. I've gotten to help a couple people because you solved everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, with a little help from my friend. With a little help from your friends. So keep solving things. We have three episodes out there that people can listen to currently mm-hmm. and nine more to go. Yes.
2: And my uh, next upcoming um, guest is going to be from the Alzheimer's Project, which is separate from the Alzheimer's Association. Okay. So I'm going to be talking about the Alzheimer's Project and what they do here locally to help people
0: who are um, caregivers. Well, that sounds really interesting, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to hear it. Yay. Yay. All right. Um, you know, I, today i got to jump up for a minute.
1: And here comes the soapbox.
0: Heather, um, this is just going to be a quick moment that I want to be serious on our program today. Um, A mutual friend of ours posted um, a situation that they witnessed in which a child was being punished for a behavior that um, a lot of kids go through. So the child apparently looked to be four or five years old and had wet the bed and was being punished punished for this, um, like outside in a public setting, um, being yelled at and forced to exercise. And the kid was wailing and the kid was upset. And, um, our mutual friend took to Facebook to say, what, what do you people think about that? And I think that it is not our place to take something like that, to the court of public opinion. It is our place to, if we see something, to say something and to err on the side of the child. So there's a way that we can do that in this community and all throughout Florida. The Florida Department of Children and Families has a hotline and a webpage. It is 1-800-96-ABUSE, 1-800-96-A-B-U-S-E. If you call that, you can remain anonymous. You can say that you saw something that made you uncomfortable. Um, You can report that, and it will be checked out by an employee of the Florida Department of Children and Families. I say err on the side of the child for several reasons. First, because a lot of our kids haven't made contact with mandatory reporters in a long time so teachers are mandatory reporters people that they come in contact with know this hotline number and they're trained in it and they would call this number if anything looks suspicious if there was any physical or emotional or you know sexual or neglect you know any kind of trauma that they suspected you would call this number as a mandatory reporter mandatory reporters aren't seeing these kids um, during this pandemic we're just starting to get back into school hopefully these kids are getting back into the classroom in some settings but you know kids are kids are vulnerable and if if you overdid it if you if you called and the parent was you know within their rights and they were you know being fine with the child and their home is safe and somebody goes out and looks at it and everything's safe and everything's, you know, fine, then great, you know, then you've got a, a pissed off parent who, you know, feels like, how dare they, you know, how dare someone judge me, you know, but if you, on the other hand, <laughs> they, they may uncover that a child is not safe and you helped them get safe, you know, so um, no parent would want to have, DCF come to their home and examine their home but I'm confident that if DCF came to my home and looked around you know if somebody called in a false allegation on me that they would see that it's a safe healthy loving environment would I like that no I would not like that I would not like for someone to come out and judge my fitness as a parent but I would rather have someone come judge my fitness as a parent than let my child be hurt
2: I agree um I um had a visceral reaction to that story um it's been troubling me and it's been bothering me and in fact I had a hard time sleeping because of of what I read and um I wanted to call that number that you suggested. I thought about calling
0: and I thought I don't have the address I don't have the details but I certainly hope that yeah. you know a phone call was made like I said air on the side of the child 1-800-96-ABUSE you can call that number And you can remain anonymous, and I think that that is important to some people. You know, we see these situations, and you don't want to get hands-on involved. Maybe it's your neighbor. Maybe it's your, you know, sister. Maybe it's your, you know, whoever. It's someone that you know, and you don't want them to know it was you. Um, They don't have to know it was you, but you, I think all of us, have a responsibility to keep children in our community as safe as we can. Um, I will put a link in the notes if you go to the website, you can also report online, so um, you don't even have to call the number. You can you can do it through the website. So
2: that's helpful to know that it is anonymous because I um, I do know I um, have a friend who has had DCF called on them mm-hmm. um, out of spite, mm-hmm. and um, you know their home environment was completely safe and fine, and um, the the person who called in the report did not use an anonymous line and so the 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 officials who had to come out and check out the house mm-hmm. knew that it was a false report mm, but, interesting. but did their mm-hmm. job and came out and checked um but if you are afraid of having somebody know that you have reported this then it's good to know that that um that method is anonymous and so you don't have to be afraid yes Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that.
0: Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to go there. Uh, I know that that's a a, kind of serious place to start. We're going to get into some fun now. It is Friday. But, you know, I just felt like that's important. And when I posted that phone number for our mutual friend you went on and you were like hey thanks for that and so did a few other people so i was like this might be a resource that people don't know about and so i just wanted to put it out there so let's keep our children safe let's do our part for our community use 1-800-96 abuse if you have to and hopefully none of us have to hopefully our children are being well taken care of and you know thriving all right let's move on let's move on let me i gotta, I gotta confess anyways
1: it's time for a true confession you are forgiven, my child. Bless her heart.
0: I love that. Bless her heart. <laughs> it makes you feel so much better. Mm-hmm. Heather, I don't like the gym. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't, I mean, when I exercise, I just go outside. I like to exercise outside. I don't like to pay money for someone to torture me. Um, you know, I, I like to go do an activity that I like. Are you still sore from your workout? I am very (laughs) sore from my workout. I went to the gym yesterday, and I will be going to the gym for the next six weeks. I joined the gym um, for a fitness challenge, a Mm -hmm. six-week transformation challenge. Um, And I will say that what's kind of funny is... Being at the gym yesterday for the first time in years, like I, I I mean, I usually just run outside, right? So, this is the first time in a gym for years. Yes, I'm sore. Yes, it's awful. But, Heather, I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people with a big smile on my face the entire time at the gym. I'm like, oh my God, this is so hard, but I'm doing it. Like, and I'm one of those cheery, freaking people at the gym and I didn't know that I was one of those people oh <laughs> I found out that I'm one of those people what is your gym disposition
2: you know my gym disposition is don't talk to me I'm working out I
0: see that and I see that most people are of that persuasion in the gym <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be a hit there. <laughs> I'm the one at the gym who
2: has um, the headphones on and I'm not listening to music. I just don't want you to talk to me what because about, I'm working out. What about
0: if you're in a class? Because like, I was in a class. Like, so there's a bunch of people. We're all listening to the same music.
2: That's a little bit different. I, went, I, I used to go to Body Pump and I loved, I love the gym. I love the gym. I love the gym. And I um, went to body pump, loved body pump, but I didn't like the class was already established when I showed up and right, I right. really did not want to be friends. I just wanted to work out. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you start to get to know people or, you know, you like the same people and you see each other and then you kind of you start with like the the, the kind of the head nod, you know, of like uh-huh. the, of acknowledging each other. Uh-huh. And then you might have a shared Word like good morning or goodbye or have a nice day, and then you know I
0: talk to like ten people as soon as I walk oh, in. Oh no, I I move <laughs> much slower.
2: but I give people lots of space. I don't want to talk. I don't want to be friends. I just want to work out
0: and go home. I think I'm not an appropriate gym goer because I no, think a lot fine. of a lot of people seem to be like you, you know. Um, but everybody like they were chatted. They talked back to me. Uh, if somebody
2: talks to me, I'll talk back. I mean, mm-hmm. I will. I always enjoy. Once I'm in a conversation, I enjoy being in it, but the gym is not a place where I go to socialize. Gotcha. I go to work out.
0: I would go to the gym more so to socialize than to work out. (laughs) Like part of joining the gym challenge, I think I said on our show was, well, I'm going to meet a bunch of new people It's on the other side of town. And like, so I, I don't know. They already
2: have friends. They don't need (laughs) friends. They just want to work out. They're not like,
0: I hope I meet somebody new. Although I could be wrong. Why though. not? I, that's how I feel. You I wouldn't be way. the only person in the world who's like, Yay, I get to meet new, fun people. There um.
2: should be a type of shirt that you can wear at the gym that says, I'm open to friendship. And then, like anybody, like I, like some type of, I always think that a shirt is a good way to communicate. You know, like when we talked about. Like grandparents' day at school and Uh not liking it. Like, you could wear a shirt that's like, I hate this day. Or, like, I hate this day. Right. Yeah. Uh You could wear a shirt to the gym that's like, hey, I'm chatty at the gym. (laughs)
0: Open, available. Right.
2: Yes. I'm open to a conversation with you. And then, like, other people can wear a shirt that says,
0: I'm just here to work out. It'll just be the middle finger. Right. Like, Like, so the green shirts with middle fingers on them, avoid them, <laughs> and the pink shirts yeah. with hearts yeah. on them. Yeah. That those are the people you can talk to. And it doesn't mean that I
2: don't want to talk to people. It just means that I'm at the gym to work out.
0: I was looking, so you know, there's the big mirror, and there's like 20 of us in there or whatever, you know, and we're all facing the big mirror, but we're all doing different things because, you know, you rotate on the schedule and you do whatever, and I'm looking in the mirror, and I'm smiling in the mirror, and I'm and and i'm like nobody else is <laughs> <He's> so delighted <laughs> maybe
2: maybe though okay so maybe you will be the one who the, the brings person the who energy.
0: works there he's he's got it big like, oh yeah he's dancing he's um <laughs> and then i gotta say this man this perfectly nice man who is dancing and he's fun and he's lovely and he's like clothed right um he friend <laughs> requested me on instagram later mm-hmm, and i art. saw that he's a bodybuilder mm-hmm. and i said i saw muscles there's no way how do you there, did you know there's like a muscle in like the side of your neck like i where did i i don't even i can't
2: okay i'm gonna be really <laughs> curious to see if in a couple of weeks you have signed up for a bodybuilding competition absolutely not <laughs> no. <laughs> Because you're going to be like, this guy, he's a bodybuilder, and I learned about this, and I learned about this, and now I turn up for a bodybuilding course. No. And I'm- <laughs>
0: no, I'm not that interested in it. <laughs> okay. I, it is fascinating, though. You look at it, and you're like, I didn't know that was possible. Didn't, I didn't know that was possible. I didn't know. Like, I think your leg just has, like, four muscles in it or something. How can they get as big as my entire leg, one of those muscles? I don't.
2: Do you want to know a secret about me? Sure. I... almost did a bodybuilding competition you did
0: (laughs) gosh i love (laughs) all the little nuggets that make up who heather is
2: i i used to be into um bodybuilding and and you know strength training like i said on the last show i've had to now force myself to work out not to do strength to Mm -hmm. do strength training Mm -hmm. um but um back in the day I did something called Women's Tri Fitness, and I did the Ultimate Fitness Challenge. Mm-hmm. And it consists of an obstacle course that um, is kind of like American Ninja Warrior-ish. hmm um, and then it also has a figure competition element to it, which mm-hmm. is the bodybuilding portion. Um, now, in the bodybuilding world, there's a difference between bodybuilding and figure. And you know it, a figure competition is not so much with the striated muscles that are uh-huh. like in the veins and stuff. um but it's it's a softer type of bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Um, but many of the girls that participate in tri Fitness also do the, figure competition. I chose not to do the figure competition because the training for the obstacle course and the type of nutrition that I was implementing for that type of training to be able to do the course mm-hmm. was not was not compatible with the type of nutrition and training that I would need to do a figure competition because my body is not a lean body. I would have to do serious nutrition manipulation to get that lean. Okay. So I didn't do it. I just did the obstacle course.
0: Um, none of that is in my wheelhouse (laughs) at all. (laughs) Zero interest in any of that. It was
2: interesting. It was not for me. Like, I did it once and was like, I never need to do this again. It was not where, it's not my wheelhouse either. I was not good at it. I was, I did not do a good job. (laughs) I, I fulfilled what I decided to do. Uh But I was, then I was like, see ya.
0: Well, yeah, so... So I'm the smiley girl at the gym who will be <laughs> your friend and just wants to go for an hour and not be this sore. It, I mean, it's, oh, man. It'll get better. I know it will. It'll get better. I know it will. I went for a trial class at the same gym like two years ago, and I was sore for like four days. Yeah. I was like, dang. you know. And it's funny because it's not that I don't exercise. You know, it's just, oh, I don't exercise like that. What's funny is um, it was arms day, and I only used 8 and 10-pound weights. Oh, Lord. see. Like, like, this is where I'm at. This is where we're at. Like, (laughs) look, I'm weak, and my arms are weak. And there got to be a point where the 8 and 10-pound weights got hard, and I could feel that I was compensating with my abs and with Mm -hmm. my legs a little bit, and even my abs and thighs are a little bit sore today (laughs) from lifting my 10-pound weights. So we'll see what happens at the end of six weeks. We'll see if I if I um, transform and if I am the winner of a thousand dollars because you can win
2: a thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. Okay, you should have led with that because I would totally sign up now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm gonna win. You, you okay, can't. good luck. You're already you're too late.
2: Well, so. good luck. I hope Thank that you, you do win, and I hope that you do enjoy it, and I hope that you make lots of fun friends at the gym, and that they look forward to you being there because you you. To your I hope I don't make too many
0: friends because it's really far from my house. <laughs> it's <laughs> only by my house. Uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's further than this radio station. It's it's pretty close to the radio station, but it's very far from my house. Yeah. Like another like two miles away or something from here. Um, and no, I'm not going to be doing that forever. Like, So I'm not going to get all sucked in or anything. Okay. I'm not going to get all sucked in. All right, let's move on. I've had, I got some questions. Okay. I'm just saying,
2: I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying you're right. I'm not saying you're wrong. So it's no big deal, right? I haven't even decided how I feel about it yet. Please don't hate me. It's just a question. It's just
0: a question. Actually, it's just a series of questions. My favorite. And they're very benign. Oh, good! I just wanted to use it, that header. It is header. Friday, after yeah, all. Yeah, I just <laughs> wanted to use that header. It's been a while, and it's really cute, and we haven't used that. So, I've got some questions for you. Got okay. some questions for you. So, I told you I was going to the gym, and when I when I told you that, you said to me via a text, you said, "New month, new goals." Yep. Is that a thing for September? Because I saw someone else say it too. I think September
2: is. Uh, a really refreshing universal reset time. Really? Yeah. I because it's the beginning of the of the school year. Technically, fall begins this month, even though it's not at the beginning of the month. I love the beginning of a new month. New mm-hmm. month, new goals. New goals. Clean slate. Love it. So, what's new with you? Any new goals? Well, I do have a goal of running 150 miles this month. Ooh, very nice. Yeah. Um, I ran 100 and something else last month, and um, I was Thinking about what I wanted to do in September And my friend who my run, One of my running friends challenged me to 150 miles and at first I thought I couldn't do it and then I noticed that I ran 150 plus miles like in April So I was like sure I could do that again
0: That's amazing. So I have that goal I love that goal. Um, I am turning 40 very soon. That's right mm-hmm. And so I have a goal I guess too. I guess I have an announcement to make um, We are going to be getting in a few weeks On this show reports from Portugal Woo! Because I'm going to go do a hike in Portugal, and today I am dressed in uh, boots—my mm-hmm. new boots, made for walking, shit-kicking boots. Yep, mm-hmm. that's just what they'll do. Um, <laughs> I got my buff, which, yeah, like today's standards we call a face mask, right? Um, yeah, multi-purpose. Yeah, so um, I'm going to go, and mine will be—it's 238 miles.
2: Wow, I did not yeah. realize it was that long.
0: Yeah, so um, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to do it in about, it's going to be like 13 days. I might, I might try to get it down to 12, um, just because I'd like a little extra time at the end of the trip. So Portugal is open, so I figured I would catch a flight to Portugal. I would walk a quick 238 miles. Um, it's uh, one of the Caminos. So, we know that I did the Camino, the French Camino, um, previously. That one was pretty far. It was like 550 miles all in. Um, this one is, I think, like 460 all in. So, I will be doing the starting point in Lisbon up to Porto, um, which is like the northernmost part of Portugal, on the Portuguese Camino. And then I hope to go back in February with some friends and... And do Porto up to Santiago Finisterre like I did um, last time. I might skip Santiago and just go straight to Finisterre um, if there's a route that allows me that flexibility. But yeah, so it would be my second Camino, and then I picked, I looked at a few different routes, and this is the route that I picked. I think it'll be the least um, pretty route, maybe, but I think it'll be the most um, convenient, because I can just get off the plane and go straight to the cathedral in the center of Lisbon, and you start walking. You'll find your first arrow there, and you follow your arrows, and it sounds great. Are you
2: going to come back with a new tattoo?
0: I was thinking about it, um, and or I was thinking about waiting until I do the second portion of it, but I actually have already picked out probably what I'll do. Um, <laughs> so I've got the tattoo from my first Camino of uh-huh. the arrow. Um, and I was thinking the the other sign of the Camino you you carry um a shell. Yes. So um, and I thought about putting above my arrow um the shell. Very so, cool. Yeah. So I'll probably end up with a new tattoo. Like I said today, I'm in my boots. I'm in my buff. I'm um, getting ready, right? I'm breaking it in. You know, Heather, that I am a firm believer in the whole like dressing for the occasion, mm-hmm. dressing the part, mm-hmm. um, switching up your look to be the role that you want. Mm-hmm. So, my question for you What part have you been dressing for these days, Heather?
2: Oh, gosh. Hmm. That's a good question. Norm- I. When you were talking about that just now, my brain was like, I haven't done that for a while. Like, I've I've really just been kind of utilitarian
0: with my clothing choices. I've been kind of thinking about that, and that's kind of why I asked it, because I think a lot of us have been staying at home and maybe not doing as much of that, you know?
2: Well, it's, it is really interesting that you ask that question today, though, because this morning I was trying to decide what to wear to come over here, and I have, over the summer, been wearing just, like, pithy T-shirts of, <laughs> that have, like, little like like the one that I wore that day. Someday we'll all be dead right? the, mm-hmm. the, the rainbow mm-hmm. and the butterflies. I have one that says, um, Dance Like Russia Isn't Watching. <laughs> um, you know, I have my fun 4th of July shirts and, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of, I have one for football season that says, I just hope both teams have fun, you know, and just stuff like that. And so I was like, "Oh, which which you know, silly T-shirt should I wear today?" And then part of my brain was like, "No, it's September. It's time to get your shit together." And so I put on grown-up clothes.
0: Yeah, you do have on grown-up <laughs> clothes today. I noticed that you had on like a shirt with buttons. It's I have buttons, mm-hmm. yes, and it's like, um,
2: you know, I try to I
0: try to dress it up a little bit in September because I feel like it's back to school, back to back to business. Well, I am definitely like got, I got my hiker girl sheet going on, you know, um, it's just kind of you know rolling with that but I just think it's nice to to stop and think about who we are and who we want to be and re- just to remember that we can change it every day today yeah. I'm a hiker chick last week I was the mean purple-haired American on the beach we did that <laughs> sometimes I'm the pretty girl in the dress and sometimes I'm the serious businesswoman you know the role that I most consistently am is mother like warm warm hopefully warm ugly <laughs> <cuddly laughs> mother you know but yeah, whatever whatever we choose to wear, we should make it our own, right? We should we should make sure that we're comfortable in it. So if the role that you're dressing in isn't a role that you enjoy, you can change it. You can change it right now. I go take a shower, change.
2: <laughs> I, I'm planning to change mine soon. You'll notice that I'm wearing a hat today, mm-hmm. and the reason is because my hair is. Out of control. <laughs> I need a haircut. And when I was looking in the mirror this morning, I decided, no, I'm I'm not cool with this hair, and I'm not I'm not associating with it. And I think it's because the way that my hair is right now, it's just a little bit grown out, but it's the type of hairstyle that I had during a time of my life when I wasn't very happy. Oh, and um, I was like, I see that that time in this hairstyle, and I want to go and get it cut because I don't
0: want to. Be
2: that way anymore
0: I like that That's an yeah. interesting You know Kind of like self trigger I think that's really neat My last question Of the Before we get into the grab bag Oh gosh is This isn't even the grab bag Nope We're not in the grab bag yet <laughs> We're not there We're not there the Last question is What are you cooking? You promised you were going to try Some <clears throat> cooking with your kids And I'm calling you out What are you cooking Heather?
2: Hmm <sighs> <laughs> Not very much All right But I did make a life change Actually now that you have bring this out I have been making changes You know I've been vegan for a few years mm-hmm. um, I recently Made the switch back to vegetarian All right So I've been cooking some eggs mm-hmm. I cooked a lasagna mm-hmm. I figured like if I'm going to bring dairy back I'm bringing it all
0: back And I ate all the cheese um, So <laughs> oh, that's... Oh I'm so happy for you <laughs> I'm really, really happy for you.
2: And so, um, actually, I have been cooking more because I made a lasagna because Robbie loves lasagna. And so I made a lasagna for Robbie. And we, a lot of people have Taco Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And my family doesn't really like tacos, but they like quesadillas. So we have
0: Quesadilla Tuesday. I like that. I cooked a little bit.
2: Good job. Technically, this morning I made oatmeal. Technically? Yeah.
0: All right.
2: As in the oatmeal got cooked. Right. It was in the microwave,
0: but... Yeah, still.
2: If, if it wasn't for me, it would not have been. Food was heated up,
0: right? It was changed from dry food to wet food. Mm-hmm.
2: I saw a thing that said, "If I have to stir it, it's homemade."
0: Oh, there we go. <laughs> there we go. All right, let's get in the grab bag.
1: What did they come up with now?
0: Ew! Not that Let's
1: one. see what's in the grab bag.
0: <laughs> I think I've got it. Heather, it's okay that you haven't cooked with your kids. Good. Thank you. Behavior change takes time and effort. It takes specific things in the environment to align or to be controlled just so to make things happen. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Yay! (laughs) I love behavior change. (laughs) Yes. So, um, earlier I mentioned 1-800-96-ABUSE, which harkens back to my days in child welfare. A couple weeks ago, I came back from the future to tell us about school Mm -mm. and to tell us what was happening. Today, we are going to blast from the past. Okay. And we're going to talk about my life as a behavior analyst. Okay. So, I was a behavior analyst for a long time. How long? I was a behavior analyst since 2003. Okay. So 17 years in behavior analysis. I kept my certification until like two years ago. I I finally let it lapse. But, you know, once a behavior analyst, always a behavior analyst. So I was a board-certified behavior analyst. Um, My master's degree was in applied behavior analysis. And we're going to talk about that today because it's a lot of fun. I love it. It's a ton of fun. Heather, do you ever ask yourself, like, you look at your children or you look at your husband or you look around at the people in your life and you say... Why does he do that? Oh, all the time. Right. Yeah. Behavior analysts, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. We answer these questions. Why do they do that? And I will tell you, the only reason that any of us really do anything is because it's rewarding. hmm And it's rewarding in four categories. Okay. Okay? So you can basically break down almost any behavior into it's... You're being rewarded via one of these four things, okay? So, it's either attention. Mm-hmm. You get some kind of attention out of it. Escape. hmm You get out of something that you right. don't like. Access. Mm-hmm. Like, you get the treat. You get the prize. Like sometimes access to tangibles. You right. Know, so, access... Or kind of our fourth category, which is a bit of a cop-out, but, you know, does have some, like, biological basis. Is we would call it self-stimulation, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So it just feels really good. It right. releases endorphins, mm-hmm. you know. So these are the four categories, right? You can gain access to one of these prizes, one of these rewards, one of these things in these four categories through either, quote, good or bad behavior. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter what the behavior looks like. If you find the result of that behavior rewarding, you will persist in that behavior. Yes. So most often, many of us exhibit a behavior over and over again because of the short-term response because we know that we know that um, it pays us and we know that it pays, so we, so we show up to it every day, right? Mm-hmm. It's harder for a lot of us to think the those long-term gains or to do, like, a delayed reinforcement, right? Mm-hmm. This is just kind of how we operate. So this is like a – we're going to just do kind of a Professor Chrissy lecture today. We're going to talk about some okay. basic principles of behavior analysis. But do you have any, like, any behavior that you're just like, I just don't know, like, why this kid does this or why this friend does this? Or you have a friend who's having trouble with a something, you know – Any scenario that you can think of?
2: Well, I've been analyzing my friend's daughter's behavior. Um, And everything that you've said is spot on. Um, And this is probably a pretty typical um, scenario of having a teenager who Mm -hmm. um, uses outbursts and um, like screaming and meltdowns and um, hysterical behavior. Um, to avoid conversations about areas where she feels that she is incompetent or doesn't want to face the reality of her choices. And so mm-hmm. she did makes, creates a distraction. Um, and also because it is rewarding um, because it immediately gets what she ultimately wants, which is attention from her mom.
0: Yeah. So it's kind of, we would that's kind of multiply controlled, you know, so I get the attention of you and I get to escape, Mm -hmm. you know, the the conversation at hand. And I think that those conversations with our kids are really tricky. And some kids respond in a really different way. Some kids do the like, they just shut down and go, I'm sorry, you know, and then their parent almost turns into the, well, I mean, I know you didn't mean to, you know what I mean? So, so we do these kind of these opposite things. And it's natural and it becomes pattern, right? It just becomes a pattern because we, we, we're both getting what we want out of it. Exactly. You know, we're both getting what we want out of it. The parent's getting the child to stop yelling and the child is getting the parent's attention. And it's mutually beneficial, although it's not appropriate ways to do this,
2: right? Right. It's perpetuating a cycle that is not benefiting anybody in the long term. And could actually end up creating parenting habits in the child Mm -hmm. when they become an adult because this is what, this is the only way that they interacted with
0: their parents. Right. So, first of all, I can't, I got to say that I can't give like real advice and I can't say that this behavior is controlled by attention, you know, because... Real behavior analysis. If I was really being a professional right now, you have to directly observe things. You know, you like that's how that's how we would assess the situation. We can also talk, though, about behavior change procedures. Mm -hmm. So once we start to identify what those quote functions of behavior are that she does this for attention, she does this for attention, we don't just say, then, oh, well, we'll throw up our hands and we'll. You know, I guess that's just the way it is. This is what the function is. That's when the real behavior analytic activity kicks in uh-huh. because we're about behavior change. Right. Right. So we're about, well, how do we change this situation? Have you ever met someone who's like a super angel for their teacher, but they're absolutely like crap with their parent uh, or, you know, or just mm-hmm. like they behave a certain way in one environment I guess all of us kind of do to some extent, right?
2: Yeah, but you're talking about extremes.
0: Well, I mean, not necessarily. Okay. No, not necessarily. Well, so yes, then yeah. Sometimes yeah. I am that person. Yeah. So you behave. You know, when when you're work, Heather, you're mm-hmm. different. Um, this is a concept called stimulus control. Yes. Okay. You mm-hmm. knew about this. Yes, yeah, I do. You. You, you say yes. I like that. <laughs> so this is called stimulus control. And stimulus control means this behavior happens in the presence of X. Yes. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of different kinds of stimulus control, which we're not going to go into down in Pro- Professor Chrissy Land. We won't. You know, this is an overview course okay. <laughs> today. Um, we can also have this behavior is suppressed in mm-hmm. this environment. Or this behavior is punished in this environment. Okay. You know, but what we're going to really talk about is in the presence of X, Y is more likely. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So you might be more likely to speak in a certain tone when you're around certain people. You might be more likely to have that emotional outburst when you're around certain people. You might be more likely to, to modify your behavior to what has been rewarded or punished with that person in the past. Um, so I had a situation with my kids where they were being lovely for me, like they always are (laughs) (laughs) because I have developed a certain stimulus control toward their behavior and they were being pretty garbagey for someone else. Mm -hmm. And, um, when I found out about that, I'm like, Oh, we're going to have an uphill battle here. You know, like, like, because we have a long established pattern Mm -hmm. of rewarding. Yep. Not the same things that are rewarded in my environment, you know. So, and it's funny because people start to go, why Why is he so good for you? You know, why Why you know why does he act so nice at school, or why does he you know like? And it's it's a stimulus control issue.
2: Absolutely, and I always think that it's interesting when um, somebody does not change their behavior based on their environment. When somebody is exactly the same everywhere that they go, or at least it it well, I guess it's one of two scenarios. Either they say they are the same everywhere they go mm-hmm. or they the the perception what I attune to in this in, the, in different environments creates the perception to me that they are not. Modifying their behavior based on the environment.
0: I think that sometimes I am uh, guilty of that or um, a person who is kind of like that. Like, I try to be fairly consistent across the different avenues of my life, but subtle things change, obviously. Like, perhaps my dress would change. We were talking about dressing for your role Mm -hmm. and doing these kind of things, you know. So, um, perhaps... Um, I might modify my speech slightly and curse less or, you know, um, so, so there, there are modifications even for those of us who try to be fairly consistent and that's a, I mean, a, a natural product of being in a different environment, you know, um, it doesn't even have to be, like, a work environment versus, like, whatever. Like, we were just talking about the gym, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you go into a new gym, my behavior might be different because I don't know anyone there. Mm-hmm. It's a different environment. And so the, you know, so it affects, so it affects how I'm going to react in that setting. Yeah. Whereas maybe I would have said, um... I don't know. I don't like this music. There's a lot. It's offensive, which isn't to me, you know, like whenever, but, you know, but maybe I just keep my mouth shut because it's their gym and it's the way that they do their thing. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, I don't know. I, I just think that's, hmm. Have you ever witnessed like a real tantrum, like a real outburst, like, like, We'll give a couple examples. Have you ever had like? Have you ever seen somebody like shake the Coke machine <laughs> until, you know, like they're so they're so angry about their Coke machine outburst? Or have you ever had an ex boyfriend call you like a million times? Have you ever seen a situation where somebody is so angry and they can't let this thing go?
2: Yeah, I have. Tell me. Tell me a time. Tell me a thing. Um. Well, there was a time when the. Um, okay. So you know the like the drive up ice machines mm-hmm. and you I guess you're supposed to be able I've never I've never gone to one but um like myself but like the little ice hut right yeah. and you're supposed mm-hmm. to I guess bring your own container and then you pay money and the ice goes into your container like mm-hmm. at a hotel I guess but it's bigger mm-hmm. um yeah somebody was I, I observed this I was in a parking lot where there was one of those things and somebody drove up and they had their their container and um Pushed the button and I guess they did what they were supposed to do and it was broken and it could not, could not handle the fact that the ice was not coming out and proceeded to kick the machine and kick their truck and kick their container and it went all across the parking lot and it was, it was interesting to watch that happen.
0: Well, some key things here. First of all, there's a name for this. Okay. This is called an extinction burst. Okay. Okay. And here's how it works. We talked a little bit about things being rewarded. Each thing in our life that is rewarded is rewarded on a schedule. Okay. Yes. There's this thing called schedules of reinforcement, right? Mm-hmm. Some things get rewarded every single time we do them. Right. Right. You put the money in the machine, you get a Coke. Right. You put the money in a machine, you get a Coke. Every single time, right? slot machine would be a variable schedule yes. you put the money in you pull the handle but there's a chance you could win big and those are the schedules that keep people coming back exactly. the most. Yeah. those are the toxic relationships right. and all that good stuff like yeah. sometimes he's so nice though yeah you know like <laughs> so, so he's that variable schedule of reinforcement right but on this fixed schedule of reinforcement where we're very used to I do this behavior. He did everything he was supposed to do at the ice machine. You yes. said so. Mm-hmm. He put his money in and he pushed the button. He did everything he was supposed to do, but he didn't get the. Pr- He's had this reward before for it. Right. He's had ice. Yeah. And so we have different levels of how we deal with that. It's called an extinction burst. So um, with breakups, this is a big one. This is, this is how you can best manage a breakup. If, you, if you're aware of the extinction burst, you can think through this. So you've taken away your attention from this other person, and they will do anything to get it. So an extinction burst is when we try new or novel behaviors to try to get access To what we previously were rewarded for. Okay. So I did the thing I was supposed to do. I put my money in and I pushed the button. It didn't happen. No, I should push the button. Maybe I'll push the button again. This damn machine. Like, you you know, so it's escalating. It's trying new behaviors. Kicking it might work. Kicking it might work. Yeah. Something else might work to reward me in the way that I've been rewarded previously. So you dump the guy, right? You dump the guy. And the guy's calling, and he's calling, and he's calling. And what you could be doing here is you're changing a previously fixed schedule of reinforcement into a variable schedule. So now Mm. you answer once in a while, and you've made it worse. Yes. Because now you've taught him.
2: Exactly. When your behavior escalates,
0: when your behavior escalates, when you call enough times, when you show up at my doorstep, then I talk to you. So now I've taught you. I've just trained you. These are the behaviors that you can do to get the reward. This is the new process. This is the new way to get the reward. So the bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, you're going to do more and more and more and more things. So when I finally take away that reward, when I say I'm not going to reward you anymore, that's when I'm going to get this extinction burst. I'm going to get the biggest, the biggest try to make this thing come true. Mm -hmm. Right. Right another little piece of this is called spontaneous recovery so let's say that you you, you burst and you like you know you oh, I really wanted to get this thing I really wanted it and then he stops calling you right he stops calling for a couple weeks but then he might be like, Maybe I should try again and see what happens. So you might see, if you were putting this on a graph, it'd be like, everything was going along fine, everything was going along fine, fixed ratio, yay, you know, every time I call her, she calls me back, it's great, it's great, it's great, it's great. Then there's the event, we have the event line. Yes. <laughs> there's a breakup, and then we have a big spike mm-hmm. in behavior, and then over time, hopefully if we were dealing with a sane, rational person, we see a drop-off in that behavior, and we would see low levels again, nice, low operating then we might spike again occasionally. See if we can get it back. You know, this is like that's like breakup sex, right? right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and then we get them back down to lower levels. So that's one of my favorite concepts in behavior analysis. It has honestly, having this information in my wheelhouse, helped me through a breakup that I think really could have become a stalker, scary situation. Like there was a period of time where I was genuinely afraid of this person. And of this situation, and I knew that if I ever gave in, if mm-hmm. I ever gave any attention again, I was putting myself at jeopardy. Yes. You know, and having that information, like just knowing, like, and this is just the science of human behavior. This is all people. This is all animals. This is this is just a thing that happens where we fall under these rules or these contingencies for how human behavior shapes up. And it's you know? really fascinating to watch it go down it is yeah
2: because I've, I've been in similar situations where I've realized the pattern that I'm in and what is what would what human nature would imply is going to happen next and then because of having behavior change knowledge being able to write a different script and say okay so I know that the inclination based on human behavior is that we're going to go down this path. Well, I'm not participating in that. Right. I'm staying over here and I'm going to follow the theory. And it's difficult because you're a human mm-hmm. and you know it goes against what you what your tendencies are, mm-hmm. but if you can if you can be have discipline to stay in the theory, you can stop the situation.
0: Right. I mean, and there are certainly other things at than just our iron will you know it's like like I said it's environment is a big part of it so you have to have control of the setting that's Mm -hmm. why we're able to do so much in the work that I do because we control the environment we control whether you get the toy or not as you know as a little kid we control you know where you get to go within this building. We control a bunch of different things that the parents don't always have control over at home. And so sometimes it's frustrating for a parent because they're like, he does so great. He, you know, Like, and I'm like, yeah, but I control everything here. And in your home, you have to have some free access. Right. You know what I mean? Your, your kid, For for me, these kids will work for half a Skittle. You know what right. I mean. And at home, they're not going to do that because they can go grab a bag of Skittles. So it's about the level of access to things. It's about control of the environment. There are a bunch of other things. But yes, you absolutely can play with it. You can manipulate it. You can make behavior change.
2: Can I? Can I interject? Yes. An anecdote. So back to my friend who, with the teenager who um, acts out and, and has outbursts, which I have interpreted as being for attention because mm-hmm. it's how she gets attention from her mom. Also escape. You know, she is not having to deal with the problem that created the, the discussion in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then also my friend is really good at staying calm and reasonable and not engaging for a while. Mm-hmm. And then eventually she tries to get herself out of the situation, but then the teenager follows her around until she then has her buttons pushed, mm-hmm. and then she reacts. And I see that as being a reward for the oh, daughter. Absolutely. Because yeah. now the daughter mm-hmm. and the mother are having a shared experience. The daughter is no longer the only one being hysterical. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that the whole thing stems from her feeling like she's the, quote, only one like herself, mm-hmm. and so she needs the attention, she needs the escape from that. Then she recruits somebody into the situation with her. Now her mom is also hysterical, so she's no longer alone. They're having a shared experience, so she's getting attention and a shared experience, mm-hmm. and she's no longer alone in this environment that she's, this description of herself that she's created. Mm-hmm. And and then that nothing good happens there.
0: I mean... And and truly, so so there's some other like subcategories that kind of maybe come into play there, um, under like the self-stimulate. It feels good, you know. It's mm-hmm. released endorphins, those kind of things. There's also, um, I mean, nobody like in my field would come out and like talk about this as a thing, but some people have hypothesized on this thing called signs of damage, right? Kind of like when you're driving by a car wreck and you mm-hmm. you, ha- you have you yeah. have to look, you know what I mean? So s- sometimes it's rewarding. For us to see to see a train wreck right like why do we watch all these reality shows Right. because it it is rewarding for us somehow to see things put into disarray you know so it, that's kind of a kind of a self-stem stem thing you know um so i think there's definitely an attention component i don't know about escape as much i i, I, I see like the initial avoidance of, you know, the conversation or whatever, you know, but like the tantrum behaviors definitely sound like, like very attention maintained and very, you know, like, and a little bit that self-sim, it's enjoyable to watch mom freak out. Mm-hmm. It's probably great, yeah. you know, so multiply controlled, you know, across different phases of the tantrum. So, I mean, and each behavior within the tantrum, if we were doing this, think like, as a clinical experiment, it would be, you know, like, there'd be an initial antecedent, right? But there would be a whole behavior chain Mm -hmm. of things all the way through the end of this tantrum. So, it wouldn't, like, it's not as simple as just, like, I told her that she, um, you know, needs to get better grades. She, you know, threw a tantrum, and, you know, and it ended in both of us screaming. That's like the boil, boil, boil down. But lots of behaviors happened within that, you know? So like you said, the walking around the house and the doing all these things, and it would be a whole chain that we would sit down and we would analyze each step of the chain. And this behavior was rewarded by this. And this behavior was more likely because this had been rewarded. And you know, so each thing that we do sets the precedent for the new behaviors, you know? So, all right, well, that worked. So I'll try that again. You know, that one didn't work. Mm, I don't know if I should try something bigger, or if I should go a different tactic. If I should get a new route, you know. So, whatever it's going to be to access that reward, we're going to try it. We're going to try it. I love applying
2: behavior analysis to historical situations because, of course, you know I love history. Of course, and I love reading about the Salem witch trials mm-hmm. and the decision-making chains and just the way that people interacted with each other and and um, kind of. Um, gaslighted each other, and, right. and you know, just mm-hmm. ways that that went down. And it's so interesting to look at those types of societal events through the eyes of psychology, mm-hmm. because then reading back the testimonies and the interviews and and the diaries, it's just fascinating to think, like, well, she said this, and then he said that, and then this did that, and it's just so. That's a rabbit hole that I could go live in. I That's could move awesome. in there.
0: I love that. And I mean, and what work, what serves as a reward for one person or one group might very well not be for someone else. Yeah. Like for another person, if mom freaked out, might be really you know, punishing or really, you know, like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't like seeing my mom that way. So that's going to evoke different behavior. Mm-hmm. So if, if that happened once, then that behavior is not going to be maintained in the future because that wasn't rewarded, right. you know? And when we look back in whole histories and whole, you know, uh, societies and everything, it's, it's fun to be able to go back in time and pull out this one little, you know, segment and go, well, if they would have you know, been thinking about blank, would it have been totally different, you know? So that that's pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about one more piece of behavior change because we've talked a lot about like some natural phenomenon, you know, and how things work. We didn't talk about ways to change behavior a lot. Yeah. So we're just gonna talk about one of them. Okay. Just just one that I think is fun. This technique is called shaping. Okay. Okay. So when you um, are shaping a new behavior, you are accepting Approximations to correct, so you don't have to get it exactly right. But I'm going to reward you for a good try, and I'm going to eventually make my try. You got. You got to do a little better. You got to do a little better. You got to do a little better until you got to get it right to get the reward. Mm-hmm. And I thought of. I was like, what's a what's a good story? What's a what's a fun story to talk about shaping? And I thought about back when I was a behavior analysis student. And I was just learning about this stuff. And I was newly married.
2: Mm. <laughs>
0: newly married. A perfect specimen. It was great. <laughs> it was so great. And we had just bought our first home. Mm-hmm. My um, now ex-husband, um, then husband, would leave his dirty laundry on the floor of the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I did not want him to leave the dirty laundry on the floor of the bathroom. I wanted him to put it in the laundry basket in the closet. Mm-hmm. In the bedroom. And... So I used a shaping procedure to make this happen. First, I put the laundry basket in the bathroom. Yes. Make it easy. Yeah. So basically, you you know, you just drop them right there, mm-hmm. right? And then it got a little closer to the door of the bathroom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then the laundry basket moved into the hallway. Then the laundry basket moved inside the bedroom door. You know, then the laundry basket made it to the closet. And so did the laundry. It worked? It worked. It wow. absolutely worked. It absolutely worked. It was a gradual process. How um, long did that take? Two weeks. And you know, I was thinking about it, because I was thinking, I want to tell that story. And I was thinking, I don't know. He obviously was a, was a good, good little rat lab yeah, boy. Yeah, he was like, very good. Because I don't know, is we had a problem for the rest. I, I don't remember having a problem. Now, like, getting the laundry done was was a different story. But I feel like it... Made it into the laundry basket. It made me want to call him and be like, do you still put your laundry in the laundry basket? Because I'm not sure if he does anymore, but I hope so. I'd be curious to know. I would be curious to know. <laughs> I would like to know. So, behavior analysis is careful observation. It's patience, And it's a certain level of control of the environment. So, you know, don't, don't feel like the things in your life you can just flip on and off. You know, it's not easy. And some things, some things you can't, some things you just don't have enough control of the environment. Even if you're the best behavior analyst in the world, you don't have, you know, enough control of the environment to change it. Or maybe you just don't persist enough. It's a, there, there is a battle of wills there. And and sometimes the reward for the person and the behavior is greater than, you know, the drive for the changer of behavior to make it happen.
2: Or sometimes people will go in with a strategy that is better adapted for a stage of change that they are not at. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. if they come in as, you know, in preparation and without really acknowledging that they're in contemplation, Mm -hmm. then I think that you know they set themselves up for failure it's
0: really funny to me like this is how we talk to each other usually and you use words that we usually (laughs) use and i'm like no those aren't the right words but you know like but like because right now i'm in i'm in aba mode you know what i mean i'm like my behavior analyst friends would be like no we don't want to hear words like that you know but but you're but but you're not wrong in your sentiment at all you know you're you're not wrong in your sentiment at all um yeah if if you are like like with parents if they're trying to change a child's behavior, I always tell parents, if you're going to say yes, just say yes. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if you know that the final outcome is going to be this kid's going to get their way, just give them their way as soon as they ask. Because all the stuff that you do in between is teaching them to do all of those things, you know, all of those usually inappropriate things, you know, to get your attention, to whine at you, to to fuss, to throw a fit, you know, if it's going to end up that you're going to give them what they want anyways, Mm -hmm. just give them what they want. Just give them what they want so that you maintain some power. And and that's kind of what you're saying. And, you know, if if you come in and you're like, I really want this to change, but you're not prepared to do the work to make that change. Okay. Here's, here's a, here's a funny example. Okay. (laughs) When my cats were babies. Okay. I was like, I've potty trained hundreds of children. Hundreds. You tried to potty train your cats? I did. Okay. I had I had a um a shaping system for them. So I had a, a kitty litter thing over the toilet, basically. So you get this flushable litter. Right. That's the thing people can do this. Like, oh sure. Jinxie cat, Jinxie cat. Yeah. <laughs> like from meet the meet the parents, right? Right. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. So um, I was like, I'm gonna potty train my cats. I was like, I, I I've potty trained like the company that I owned potty trained. I don't know thousands, 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 maybe tens of thousands. I don't know. We've done a lot of potty training. We know how to potty train people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm gonna potty train my cats. It'll be a fun little challenge. And they got to the point where, like, so basically you open a bigger and bigger hole right. until, mm-hmm. like, it's the whole, like, regular toilet seat. And they got to about phase two, two and a half out of four, right? And then they just started, like... Dumping the kitty litter into the toilet and making a big giant mess and playing in the potty because that was fun and their kittens, right? You know, and my stick to itness just wasn't there. Quite frankly, uh-huh. like like I could have continued, I right. could have backed up, mm-hmm. I could have done a bunch of things. I didn't. You know what I did? I put a kitty door in my wall, and I don't have litter box. My goal was to not have a litter box. Yeah. I found a strategy that worked better for myself and my cats. Mm-hmm. I still don't have a litter box. Right. I have not changed kitty litter, you know, and I'm not going to start changing kitty litter. But it wasn't the original procedure. Right. That I thought I was going to put into place. It wasn't the, the you know, it, it wasn't the plan. It right. It wasn't the original plan. But the outcome was still the same. I reached, Exactly. I reached the positive outcome that I wanted By adapting my procedure to the needs of the person making the behavior change and the cats who I needed to change. Yes. (laughs) So there you go.
2: So you got what you needed and they didn't have to change. Yeah, basically.
0: (laughs) I mean, they had to learn to use the kitty door, which was way Way easier easier than the toilet. (laughs) Way easier than the toilet. (laughs) So, yeah, today was a little crash course in behavior analysis. We may do it again. I was thinking maybe we may see if uh, people want to send us their, like, you know, like, tell us what's happening in your family. Tell us what's happening in your life. Tell us what's driving you absolutely bonkers, and I'll tell you how to fix it. Mm -hmm. Because that's my former job. How to do life. (laughs) How to do life. We'll tell you how to do life. (laughs) It'll be Chrissy solves everything. Yeah. So there. Okay. (laughs) Go for it. Let's, uh, Let's leave our people with a little bit of...
2: Don't forget your homework.
0: Think about the weird scenarios in your own life and the lives of your friends and send them to us. We will do a future show and analyze the situations for you if you would like us to. Um, The other homework is to think about the part that you're playing. And think about um, what role you are dressing for or acting in or emulating And whatever role you are in, make sure that it is a role that you have chosen and that feels comfortable. And then set up your life, set up your environment, set up your systems to make it so. Until next time. Bye.
2: Don't forget to tell them where to find us. Yeah, tell us what you learned. We're on all the things.
1: For those of you looking to increase your dosage, connect with Chrissy and Heather on Facebook and Instagram and tell us how you do life. Visit ChrissyandHeather.com. That's with a C-H-R-Y-S-S-Y. Like, share, and subscribe and tell everyone you know. Until next time.